Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 345 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Amy Hauge. Amy lives in Great Falls, Montana, where she is a fourth grade teacher. Welcome, Amy. Thank you. I'm excited to be here today. Well, I love talking to teachers. How much longer do you have before you have to go back? Um, the end of August. So okay. I have a good month about. Yeah, you do. We're recording this at the end of July. And the reason I asked is because down here in the South, we go back much earlier. Yes. So my friends who are teachers are like already back at <laughs> their teacher work days. Oh, gosh. Yeah, we go back at the end of August, but we actually did not get out of school till June 4th, I think it was. So we usually get out in June and then we go back. School starts actually the last Wednesday of August. 
Okay. Yeah. I remember starting after Labor Day when I grew up in Virginia. That was what we did. It was actually a state law that you couldn't start till after Labor Day. But I like starting earlier because we would finish first semester before Christmas. Do y'all finish first semester before or after? It's kind of weird. It's right after. It's like two weeks after. We go back January 2nd or 3rd, whenever New Year's falls. And then it's like usually a week or two. Yep is when the semester ends, so. We also usually have down here in the South, this is a funny Southern thing, but we usually have a little bit of extra days off after New Year's because of bowl games. Oh. (laughs) I'm not kidding. (laughs) That is why college football is so big down here in the South. Now, look, y'all all all thought y'all were getting an intermittent fasting story and you're getting a... school story but no law because of college bowl games we don't start back till a little later after january that would be actually really nice well i swear i think one year like georgia was in some bowl and it messed up because the superintendent couldn't go i don't know anyway i'm not kidding oh wow (laughs) well it's so nice to visit with you and talk about why our school schedule is so weird everywhere So, you know, I normally like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? I started intermittent fasting July, actually, of 2019. My friend Michelle, really good friend of mine, friend since high school, we would walk every morning. And one morning we we're walking and she was mentioning your first book, Fast or Not. Delay, Don't Deny. Yeah. yeah Delay, Don't Deny. And I was like, really, that sounds interesting. And I have struggled with my weight probably since I was like early 20s. And so she told me about this book and it sounded so interesting to me because I've never heard of fasting before. And so I actually went home, bought the book on Kindle, downloaded it, and we went camping that weekend. And I seriously read that whole book, finished it when we were camping And I started as soon as we got back from camping on Monday. And I have not looked back. I've never skipped a day of fasting since July of 2019. Yeah, four years in. And I have maintained within 10 pounds of my weight because of fasting. My goal weight, actually. Sometimes being in maintenance is hard because you kind of get lax on eating and I've been struggling probably the past year snacking a little bit too much that I need to but it's way better than what I've had with weight issues I've had in the past. That is such a good point because we're so conditioned to think with anything you do you do whatever the plan is you get to your goal weight and then you're finished and then bam it's done and obviously that never happened for us and anything we did prior to intermittent fasting We always gained back all the weight, plus more usually. But with intermittent fasting, we get there, we get to where we want to be within our goal range, and we don't immediately start gaining back the weight like we did with everything else. But you do still have to maintain diligence. And that is really important because window creep is real. You know, I'm having ice cream creep right now. (laughs) I am too, actually, but... I'm not an ice cream person, but I think last week I got braces and all of a sudden that was like a soft food that I could have and it made my mouth feel better. 
I have to tell you, braces is a good diet strategy. <laughs> well, yeah. No, we've got a big thing of ice cream in the freezer right now because I just had my birthday. So we got a big carton. Is it Bluebell ice cream? Vanilla? Bluebell? Like, I'm not familiar with Bluebell. Like, I think it's from Texas or something, but it's not something I grew up eating. But it reminds me of, like, Breyer's vanilla used to be so good, and then it stopped being so good. I don't know what it was. Maybe they changed it or maybe I changed, but... This bluebell vanilla ice cream is like the way vanilla ice cream should taste. And so every night I'm like, I just need a little bit. Luckily, we eat a little bit. Unluckily, that means this little bit of ice cream is going to last us for a long time. <laughs> so I had a little one hour longer window last night because I was like, no, I don't need any ice cream. Then one hour later, I was like, just a little bit. Just a little, just a little bit. Yeah. And I had ice cream last night, too, because I found some in our deep freezer. And I'm like, oh, I, I should not be eating that. <laughs> You know, that's how window creep happens for me. And it's more likely to happen every summer just because we have longer daylight. I mean, it was still light outside. It's still light. I could still, anyway. So I think my window ended up being six hours yesterday, which is no big deal. Yeah. My window comes and goes. But (sighs) (laughs) maintenance is a time you do still have to remain vigilant. Yes. And that's the problem. Like in the past year, I've had where usually I wouldn't open my window till like after school. 4, 4.30, come home, make dinner. Well, for some reason, this past school year was kind of stressful. And I was finding myself opening my window at school at 3.30. And it wasn't because I was even hungry. It was like, oh, I just want to eat. And so I've had a little bit of a weight gain, but nothing like I have had in the past. And so like, I probably have done every diet plan out there starting like when I was 20 I started having weight issues and I think a lot of it was just overeating and I met my husband and we overindulged and then getting married trying to lose weight my grandmother gave me some beet diets like a military (laughs) diet I don't know but I was like living on like apples and canned beets and I don't know it was horrible and then taking eola drops which they don't even sell those anymore because I don't know what that is what is eola it's a band oh was it ephedra yeah that was in it and you drop it in water and then you drink it and it made my heart race and I'm thinking oh my gosh why did I do that to myself I remember being at work at the time, I wasn't a teacher at the time, and just sweating because I was taking these drops. And I think that's why they took ephedra off the market because it caused heart problems. You know, I was just reading an article right before we started recording today. Someone emailed me, it was an article about these new weight loss drugs. Mm-hmm the injections that people are doing. Oh, yeah. It was an article about side effects that people were experiencing, like stomach paralysis or something. Like one poor girl was talking about how every day she wakes up and vomits her food from two days ago. I mean, it's like, what? They're having stomach paralysis because it slows down stomach movement. Oh, gosh. And anyway, I'm like, that sounds so awful. The things that we do because we're desperate. Yes. Right. I get it. I get it too, because I didn't have that much weight to lose at that time, maybe like 20-ish pounds, and then got married, and then my weight continued to creep, and I think my highest weight that I was was 205 pounds. And how tall are you? I'm only 5'3". Okay. And so I 
started Weight Watchers. I think I, gosh, Weight Watchers, I probably paid them thousands and thousands of dollars. Went to Weight Watchers, lost weight, not much, like 20 pounds, and then got pregnant and had my son and then went back to Weight Watchers. And at least with Weight Watchers, I did learn how to eat correctly. But I lost 60 pounds on Weight Watchers and then got pregnant again, (laughs) like right during maintenance, got pregnant and had my daughter. And of course, it was constant yo-yo. I never got back up to 205 pounds. 180 is probably about where I was. And then, of course, I was stopped doing Weight Watchers and just started counting calories and I mean, that's hard too, counting calories. and Oh, it's so hard. And I've said this before, whenever I counted calories in the past, it would always send me down the more processed food side of the aisle because those were so much easier to count. And so now that we're learning more and more about ultra-processed foods, that the new book that's just come out recently, Ultra Processed People, powerful book because it talks about really why ultra-processed foods are so different in our bodies than other foods. But whenever I counted calories, I was eating everything with packaging. It was all ultra-processed, and it doesn't satisfy your body either nutritionally or it doesn't cause your body to release the satiety hormones because of the way it's digested so much sooner within your system. There's so many reasons why these ultra-processed foods are not good, but the whole diet industry has tricked us into thinking that's where the solutions are. Count the calories. We'll put them on the box. We'll put them on the package. Yep. I remember buying snack wells. I would never, I don't eat that way anymore. I mean, it was like, then I ate salads and I've never been much of a breakfast person, so I wouldn't eat breakfast, but I was putting cream in my coffee. So technically I was eating breakfast. Yeah. Yeah, Liquid breakfast. Yeah, liquid breakfast. (laughs) And then I would eat salad for lunch and try to eat a good dinner. And then I think the lowest I got doing that was like 150. But I bet you were hungry all the time. I was. I was starving. And then I would gain it back. And then it was like the lowest I'd ever go was 150. And then it was like, that was my set point. I can never get past 150. And so when I started fasting in 2019, I think I was 175. And I remember the first day I fasted, we just came back from camping and we camped and I overindulged. And my first fast was over 24 hours. Wow. Yeah, because you were full. Yeah, I was full. And I was like waiting, you know, your book says wait till you're hungry to eat. And so I was waiting for my stomach. I was actually waiting to be hungry. And my other fasts after that weren't that long. I think they were like 16, 18 hours. And then finally, I started increasing a little bit more. I think my sweet spot is about 21, 22 hours. The weight came off actually really quick. Like, I don't know, it just came off really fast. I mean, I started and I know some people it does not come off this fast. I started in July, and I was where I needed to be by January. Wow. The following year. So how much did you lose? I think I lost like 53 pounds. That is very fast. It is fast. And I don't know if it's because I was determined because we were going on a once in a lifetime vacation. We went to the Bahamas in January of 2020. And I was determined to wear a bikini. I was like, I haven't worn a bikini ever in my life. And I was so determined And, you know, I'm actually lower now than I was on vacation, like by five pounds. But I think I 
kind of had body dysmorphia. Is that what it's called? After that happened. And I think it was because it happened so quickly. Did you see yourself as bigger than you were or smaller than you were? Because it can go both ways. Like I never saw my, okay. I never saw myself when I was 210 pounds and obese. For whatever reason, when I looked in the mirror, I didn't see myself truly as big as I was. It was photos where I finally saw it. Mm -hmm. But you felt like you were bigger than you were. Yes. And that didn't hit till like after our vacation. I started feeling like I would go clothes shopping and I'd be grabbing mediums and larges. My husband's like, why are you grabbing these size clothes? You're like a small I had to get into that habit of looking at smaller sizes and it might have been just because I lost so quickly. And I know that is not normal. I've listened to podcasts and I read on your, not Facebook page anymore, but your the community. community. Yeah. And for me, I don't know, my body just loves that fasting and not eating all the time. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Your body just took to it. Mm -hmm. And fasting does so many things in the body. And if you're one of the people that what your body needs is the first thing fasting does, then the weight's just going to come right Mm -hmm. off. So your body just needed a break. It needed to not be eating around the clock. I'm sure your insulin just went straight down from the fasting and you just settled right in. Your body was like, finally, I can tap into the fat stores. Yeah. For some people, it's not easy. For me, it was very easy. And it's still super easy. I have no problem skipping breakfast, no problem skipping lunch. Fasting to me is a way of life. I can never go back to 
eating the way I used to eat, eating snacks and eating all day and grazing all day. I mean, I did not feel good at all doing that. And now I can't even imagine going back to eating that many times. I mean, sometimes I do alternate day fasting. Like the summer, I've been doing that quite a bit. It's hard to get those two meals in sometimes. And Or three if you're, yeah. Some people need a free meal yeah. up day on the alternate day. Like, look, I just had my birthday, like I said, over the weekend. And on my actual birthday, I woke up and I'm like, you know, it is a special occasion. I could do anything I want. I could eat early. I could eat more. And like, yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm the same way. Like this past Christmas, I ate early, like 11 brunch. And that normally doesn't happen. But I think it was the year before I ate all day. And I felt so sick the next day because I was eating not because I was hungry. I was just eating to eat. This Christmas might have been the first time I did not eat early because our first Christmas was new traditions because we're here at the beach now. So instead of going over to my dad's and having brunch, it was just at our little beach cottage. My mother was there. Will was there, Chad was there, I was there, and my uncle was there, and I made sausage balls Uh for everybody to have. But I was doing my whole food plant-based experiments. These are cheese and sausage balls, and I'm like, I'm not eating that right now. So I just like, I'm not going to eat. So for the first time, I didn't even open early on Christmas, and I didn't care. That was the thing. You get to the point where you're like, yeah, and then I just felt better the whole day than if I'd have had the brunch. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, we went camping this weekend, and I cooked breakfast for everybody, and it doesn't bother me. Yeah, it does smell wonderful, you know, especially when I'm making sausages and bacon, but I don't feel the need to eat it. I don't have that need. Like, I know people at work get bothered when I don't eat lunch. And I go to the lounge and I eat with people and they're like, doesn't it bother you that we're eating in front of you? It's like, no. (laughs) That's the part people can't understand, right? Yeah, they don't. And it's funny because I have introduced your book to other people that I work with, and now they're fasting. They read your Fast Feast Repeat, and she actually started before she was even done because she's trying to heal from a knee surgery that she had, and she says it's really helping. And and plus, she gained weight from her surgery, and so she, I think, was down like 12 pounds before school got out, and she was super excited. It's a great feeling to know that you're spreading it forward, you're paying it forward, and teaching other people about it. You know, I want to go back to what you said about the fact that you're able to cook breakfast for people and you don't feel like you're missing out. You're able to sit with people while they're eating. You don't feel like you're missing out. And I want to point out to anyone who's listening, if you're not there yet, that's okay. Because Amy and I probably were not like that on day one. When we first started, I felt a lot of resentment about other people who were getting to eat. Yes. Right. They were getting to have lunch and I didn't get to. And so I had to just change my whole mindset. It wasn't until I started to appreciate the fast and what it was doing in my body and really understanding the healing that was happening during the fast. And also, it wasn't until I had had multiple occasions where I went ahead and opened early for like a special lunch at school or special breakfast. And then I felt so awful physically that I'm like, that wasn't really very special. So all those things together have taught me I feel better if I don't. And I've eaten that food before. I've eaten cheese and sausage balls before. I will eat them again. Later on, when I was no longer doing whole food plant-based, I made some. They were good. And I was like, there they are. So they're a good wintertime food for us. But I didn't have to have them that day. And that's the nice thing. You could delay it. It's not, oh my gosh, I'm never going to have this again. And like you said, 
it's a mindset. Your mind changes. I was not like that on day one. Like, oh, it doesn't bother me. Because it did bother me when my husband was eating. And he fasts now too. He doesn't eat breakfast or lunch. The only thing is, is he does eat on the weekends. He'll eat breakfast and lunch on the weekends. And there's times where I'll open my window early and I'll eat lunch on the weekend. And if I eat a lunch, I usually don't eat dinner. And you know, if I'm hungry, yeah, I will. But usually I'm not hungry if I eat a good lunch. Well, that's what we did on my birthday. We waited until two and Chad waited with me because, you know, he doesn't eat in between. I've told this before, he like eats his lunch and he won't eat till five. So that morning I'm like, I am going to go have crab nachos down at the Marsh Walk and you're welcome to come with me or I'll go by myself if you're not going to be eating, but I'm going at two. And he's like, all right, I'll just wait. So we went down there and we had that at two and then it, you know, big appetizer and we split it. And then later we had a lighter kind of dinner. Yeah. And that was when the ice cream began that night. <laughs> But, you know, probably had a five-hour window, and we did it together, and that was still a lot of heavy food, though. And that's the thing. Like, you know, it was your birthday. I have to remember sometimes, just because it's Saturday, doesn't make it a special day, or special days like your birthday, or Christmas, and it's not because it's Friday, and I'm not like that all the time, but summer makes it hard when I'm not in a routine and not working. I have to keep myself busy. Well, teaching is one of those things. I don't know if it's like this where you are, but every Friday felt like such a special occasion. Yes. (laughs) Like we got to wear jeans on Friday. Do you get to wear jeans on Friday? Yes. So it's like jeans on Friday with a special spirit shirt or whatever. So every Friday from the minute you put on those jeans, I don't know what it is, but it felt like, okay, this is a celebration. So Friday, then you came home from work and then it was like the weekend. So I don't know. And then summer vacation. So being a teacher, we were full of all that celebration. Mm -hmm. Well, and then someone always brings donuts on Friday. Always. And well, especially this year, for some reason, our PTA like spoiled us and there was always treats in the lounge and everyone would always be heading to the lounge. And it was like, eh, if it's there after school, maybe I will grab something. If not, oh, well, and delay it, put it in your Ziploc baggie, take it home. But old donuts that have been sitting around are not usually that good later. I just don't like even like donuts ever. So that was always easy. to Yes. And me too. Donuts always made me feel icky. So it's not some food that I absolutely love. Luckily, I grew up knowing that I didn't feel good if I ate sweets on their own. Never, even as a child. So I never did that because I knew I didn't feel good. So I could feel the blood sugar crash. So I was like, learn not to do it. I guess that's why I just gravitate towards savory things that don't do that. Yeah. And I'm kind of like that too. I'm more savory than sweet also. And I don't know, growing up, my parents were on like a strict budget. Like we didn't have those snack foods in the house growing up. And I feel like now, like when I started fasting, my kids saw that I only ate when I was hungry. And so I created a habit for them. They don't eat now just to eat, which let me tell you, that has lowered my grocery bill a lot. Yeah. You know, we did not have like little Debbie cakes and all those packaged snack foods that my friends' houses were full of. Like if I wanted to have 
something snacky, I had to like get out the popcorn and make it on the stove. Did y'all do that? Yes. Like we had Orville Redenbacher and the little kernels and you had to get your regular saute pan out or whatever and put a little oil in there and shake it, shake it, shake it so it didn't burn with the lid on it. Like making it on the stove top. Yeah. Yeah. There was always fruit in our house growing up or salting crackers with peanut butter. You know, we made our own snacks and My son is 19. He graduated last year and he's old enough now. He has seen me fast and he needed to lose some weight. He had a binge of eating out for like a year. He would eat dinner at home. And so he put on weight and now he's like, my friend fasted and lost weight. And so I'm going to try it. I'm like, okay, so he's fasting now and he's down like 20 pounds and eating one meal a day. He's like, I only eat when I'm hungry. And he's eating at home now with us not eating out anymore. And he's like, I haven't been this weight in a long time. And he feels so good. And he feels good. And he's like, and this is so easy. And cheap. Yeah. And he's not spending money eating out. And he's like, I don't want to eat out. And he's like, and mom, you've been doing this forever. He goes, now I can see why. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And so I'm glad that I have instilled that in him. Granted, he went through his fast food phase or whatever. But even when he was in high school, my daughter's in high school now, they don't snack anymore because of me fasting. They don't do that anymore. They only eat when they're hungry and it's usually a healthier snack, veggies or fruit. My daughter's, she's always been a fruit veggie eater, but she is funny. She'll eat salad for a snack. I love yeah, that. She'll go in the fridge and she's like, I'm just gonna have salad. It's like, okay. And it's delicious. How old is she now? Yeah, she's 15. And so I'm like, really, you're gonna have salad? She goes, yeah, I'm gonna have salad. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love that you're teaching them to eat when you're hungry, and uh, they're gravitating towards the good foods. And of course, Cal, my oldest, he's married to a vegetarian, and they eat very well, even though they're not fasting, they don't need to, they're both small and lean. But they've got it in their toolbox if they ever needed it. But they choose such healthy foods. And Will, who lives close by, in fact, he's coming over in 45 minutes from right now. (laughs) He's going back to school and I've got to help him with stuff. Oh, that's fun. (laughs) Yes. Anyway, he's figuring out what he wants to do. But he doesn't eat all those snacky things that he used to eat. You know, I send him a food delivery box. He gets it every Wednesday and he cooks. And so he's learning how to prepare fruits and vegetables. And it makes me feel really good. He does some casual fasting, not on purpose. Yeah. Well, Landon would casually fast, but I didn't realize he stays up really late. He was getting up at midnight and eating. (laughs) And I didn't realize that. As I'm like, really, you do fast. You work at 11. You don't get up till like 9 and you work till 3.30 and then you eat. He goes, oh, no, I'm still eating at midnight. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't realize he was having like a midnight snack there because I thought he was technically fasting. but Because you were asleep. (laughs) Yeah, because I was asleep. (laughs) But now he's not having that extra meal at midnight or whatever. So that has really helped him take, you know, the weight off. So and that's a good habit to get out of the late night eating, because that's one thing we hear with people in the community a lot that have developed those habits of late night snacking. And they really almost feel like they need it in order to sleep or something. So teaching our kids early on, you do not need that late night snack is probably a good thing. No, and you really don't. I mean, I've done some extended fasts like ADF 
and have done like a 40 hour and just eat the next day. And a couple of times it was hard sleeping at night. And it's probably because you just have so much energy. Ketosis. Yes. <laughs> but there's times that I'm still in bed at normal time and sleep through the night, even with the extended fast. You don't really need that food to keep going to sleep. I think a lot of it is boredom. You know, if you're awake that late. I think that was my son's problem. He was awake and just felt snacky, you know, like, oh, I don't have anything to do. So I'll go eat a bowl of cereal. And also, I'll be honest, if I'm up late, 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 I do have time to get hungry again. Yes. See, so he could legitimately be hungry again because he's up so late. But for me, I go to bed before I have time to get hungry again. Like if I'm done eating. Now, last night I was eating later than usual because I was having ice cream just before 8 p.m., which is later than normal. I'm usually done by 7, 7.30 maybe in the summer if it's light later. But And then I go to bed sometime after 9, 9.30 maybe, something like that. Well, depending on what time of the year it is. But if I were staying awake... By one o'clock in the morning, I'd probably be hungry. Probably. I mean, I try to be done eating by seven. There's times that it's extended pass up, but usually it's by seven. But I would probably be hungry if I didn't go to sleep by nine, ten o'clock. Yeah, I think I would be too. So anybody who's having trouble with the late night snacking, just go to bed early. <laughs> it's easier for me to say because my circadian rhythm puts me right to sleep early. So. Oh, mine too. And during the school year, I'm asleep by like... I hate to say this, but I'm asleep at seven o'clock. No, I get it. Look, I am very, very light sensitive. Whatever the sun is doing, that is what Jen wants to do. Yeah, that's me too. The sun is in bed. Jen wants to go to bed. Yes, especially up here in Montana. You know, in the winter, it's like 4, 4.30. It's dark. And so it's like, I'm exhausted from school. I fall asleep at seven o'clock and then I have to get up and go to bed. But now that we don't get dark here till like 10. So I'm still asleep by 9.30, 10 o'clock though. We're actually, you know, we're so much farther east now. I didn't even think about that when we moved here that we're still in the eastern time zone, obviously, but we moved from Augusta, which is the middle of the time zone to here we are now. <laughs> A lot farther. We're like directly three and a half hours east. And so it gets dark earlier. Like I didn't realize it would be so significant. That is weird. We went on vacation to visit family in Arizona. And it was June when we went. And it gets dark there like before seven. And I am not used to that. Like during the summertime here, it's 10 o'clock. And 4th of July, it's closer to almost 11 before they can even let off fireworks. Because... It's not dark enough. Yeah, it's not dark enough. And so when I was down there, I'm like, it's only seven and it's dark. I wasn't used to that. <laughs> and I don't like to go anywhere yeah, if I'm, it's dark. Yeah, I'm the same <laughs> way. It's like, oh, it's dark. I'm at home now. <laughs> That's so funny. But, you know, when school starts back, you'll just easily pick back up into your normal schedule. Will you wait until you get home to eat? Well, like that first week back, we start back two days before the kids. And so... Only two? Yeah, we start back on Monday and school starts on Wednesday. So... Usually those days, it's like working in our classroom and usually people like to go out to eat for lunch because it's not like we can do that during the school year. So I'll probably do that and I'll probably have like earlier windows those two days so I can join in. But then as soon as school starts, I'll be right back to after four 
And then I would have done the same thing. We had five days to get ready oh in our gosh. classrooms. So I can't imagine only having two. They could have given us zero because we would have gotten it done anyway. Do y'all go in a little early just to get it done anyway? Get your room ready? Yeah, I think we have our opening meeting on that Friday before and we get paid for it because it's not a contracted day. And my room is already pretty much set up. So I'll probably just go in that day after the meeting and set up and get ready for the year. So do y'all not y'all might not have to put everything away like we did for whatever reason. No, like everything's up. See, we had to like craziness. You couldn't leave stuff on your desk. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Maybe that's why they give us a week. Because <laughs> literally you're not allowed to leave anything on your desk. It all has to be packed up and out and Oh gosh. I left everything up on the walls this year, which is the first time I think I've ever done that but it's also the first time I've used different bulletin board paper like it's not paper it's called better than paper it's like a vinyl that can be like washed so I think that's the reason why I didn't take stuff down but I don't know I'm not planning on going in and just you know like I removed books off my bookshelf and like I just put them on the back counter I didn't really pack them up. <laughs> yeah. Well, here, I'm going to share one thing. This teachers might like this. Maybe people at your school do this. Maybe they don't. Fabric for your bulletin board. I used fabric. I used like a navy blue fabric. And then I would change the border if I needed to or whatever. But it lasted forever. And then I would like get my little Sharpie and I colored all the staples so you couldn't see them because that's how I am. <laughs> I've actually seen teachers do that, like open the stapler and color it, the tops of the staple. So when they staple. Now, see, I didn't think to do it inside the stapler. I just did it on the board itself. <laughs> Anyhow. I have never done that before. <laughs> well, fabric lasts forever and it doesn't, like I did have to like maybe vacuum it a little bit because it would get dusty. Yeah, <laughs> but that but was it. it will be nice to go back and get back into a regular routine of fasting because being off, I noticed that my window creeps earlier and earlier. And then I'm set to eating at two in the afternoon. Granted, I'm still at 21 hours, but instead of being at five, it's at two o'clock in the afternoon. And then I'm eating before my husband gets home from work. And then we're eating at different times. And then I feel a little bit bad because he's eating them by himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it'll feel good to get back into that routine because I never felt better than when I was teaching and I would wait till I got home to eat. I had such great energy. I could tell I was deep into fat burning. That last year that I taught, I finished in 2018. I was leaner than I am now as prior to going through menopause. But just being so active and then never eating till I came home from school made a difference. Yes, it does make a huge difference. Like this summer, like I said, I've been dabbling in doing ADF just because I feel like I was kind of stalled and my metabolism, I've kind of plateaued and couldn't get past. And hormones might have a little bit to do with that because I'm on hormone. And the ADF has really helped. Like I started doing that in July and I'm probably doing it like once a week or twice a week, I'll do that. And I've been doing that every week since the beginning of July. And so things are starting to move again. And I just need to stay on top of that and not grazing. That's the one thing that I end up doing the snacking. So maintenance doesn't mean that you are done and over. Honestly, I think maintenance is harder than losing. Well, you know, that certainly can be true. And I remember when my stepmother told me that another time, not when I was doing intermittent fasting and I'd gotten to a goal weight on a diet. And she said, now's the hard part. I'm like, what? But she's right. You know, maintenance can be the hard part because you have the excitement when you're starting something new of sticking with it. 
But after you've been doing it for four years for you and, you know, nine years, whatever, for me, there's no more excitement. I don't wake up excited that I'm, no, I'm just, this is how I live. Yes. The newness definitely wears off. And so like this summer, I bought another intermittent fasting book and read that one. And it kind of gets you revved up again and gives you the reason why you're doing this. Because I got off a high blood pressure meds from losing and maintaining. And so that rereading gives you the reason why I'm doing this. I'm doing this to stay healthy. I think that's a great suggestion. So I want to emphasize that again for anyone who you're feeling less motivated or like you're no longer as excited. You're in a rut and you're like, yeah, and you're maybe you're starting to look again at people who are eating breakfast and feeling a little resentment. Reread Fast Feast Repeat. Reread it to remember Because you're going to also, once you're experienced with intermittent fasting and you have been doing it for a while, you're going to learn things that your mind wasn't ready for the first time you read it. You're going to be like, oh, that's true. I didn't even notice that the first time, but that's exactly what I feel like. So I would really encourage everyone to give it a reread for that reason. Yeah, it really does help rereading it. Like I said, this summer I was kind of in a slump and... My shorts from last summer were fitting a little tight and it was like, okay, I need to buckle down. And that's a nice thing. I have those tools. Yes. You didn't need to panic. No panicking. Yep. I didn't panic. And the thing is, it's like, it's nothing like if I wasn't fasting before I would have shot up like 10, 20 pounds before. And I'm able to maintain within 10 pounds and I know when I need to buckle down and get back on track and rereading books really does help. And you learn something new. Heck, I'd probably learn something new if I reread Fast Feast Repeat because I wrote it in 2019. So (laughs) that July that you were camping and read Delayed on tonight, I was writing Fast Feast Repeat that summer. And I had to turn it in in August of 2019 for it to be published in June of 2020. And so I probably would get a nice refresher if I reread because I mean, delayed don't deny, believe me, I absolutely love that book. It changed my life. And you know, Fast Feast Repeat was wonderful too. But seriously, your books changed my life. Like I would not be the weight that I am now without reading those books and maintaining for three and a half years of where I needed to be. I mean, I'm where I where I was when I met my husband. And the only thing that I regret is I didn't do this sooner <laughs> in my life. Yeah, and you know, I feel the same way. So let's talk about some of your non-scale victories, health victories. You mentioned that you got off high blood pressure medicine. That is huge. Anything else? This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Gosh, fitting in a plane seat? <laughs> the last time I had ridden on a plane, my son was like one, I think, and hadn't been on a plane. And I remember being pushing 200 pounds and barely fitting in the plane seat. And it was embarrassing, you know, just sitting next to someone you don't know, because I was with my mom and she had a different seat than me. And it was really tough. And then we went on this cruise and, you know, we had to fly from Montana to, you know, Florida. And I sat in that seat and it was like, oh my gosh, I fit and I'm able to, you know, put the buckle on and it's not like extended out and my hips actually fit. I wasn't hitting the person next to me. Also, amusement park rides, fitting in that. Measurements, and that's one thing. People should measure and not just go by the scale. I mean, I weigh every day. That, to me, keeps me accountable, weighing. But I do also measure. And measurements are just as important as weighing every day. It really is. I think that's so true. So anybody that hadn't measured, go ahead and measure. You're going to want to have that data. Yeah. Let's see. Another non-scale victory, blood pressure meds. My glucose went down a whole bunch for blood work, which is weird. Like cholesterol was a little bit higher, but I know that has to do with fasting. It can. Yeah. It depends. You know, there are a lot of reasons why cholesterol might go up, but if you're actively losing fat, there's something called transient hypocholesterolemia. I don't know if I say that right, but wait, no, hyper. Hyper because it would be high. So temporary high cholesterol, basically, because you're losing weight. Yeah. Gosh. I don't know, just feeling confident. That's a huge one. Yes. Feeling confident doing anything. You know, we tend as women to compare ourselves. Yes, we do. And I mean, I still do that, but not as much as I used to. Now I feel like I just want to talk to people about fasting when I see them now struggling with their weight, in which I have before at someone on Facebook that I used to do daycare a long time ago in my house. And there was this girl that I used to watch her kids and she was struggling working out and things like that. And I contacted her on Facebook through Messenger and was like, hey, I read this book and it was wonderful and I've lost all this weight and been keeping it off. I don't know if you're interested. Here's the book. And she never told me if she read it or not, but she looks wonderful (laughs) on Facebook. So I'm assuming that she read it in fast now because she looks amazing. And she told me thank you for letting her know about it. So yeah. Plant those seeds, everybody. If someone is struggling, like I wouldn't go up to a stranger just because they're overweight and start talking about fasting. But if someone said, I'm really struggling with losing weight, then I feel like the door is open. If they bring up that they're having trouble losing weight, I will talk about it. Like when I met this group of ladies for trivia one night, I didn't know any of them. It was the first night I'd ever met them. And one girl started talking about needing to lose weight. Then I felt like I could talk about fasting because I'm like no don't do that diet plan where you're buying all those things from your friend stop doing that Mm -hmm. and I think the hardest thing for people is cutting out 
that cream in their coffee. For so many people, that is the number one stumbling block. Yeah. And it was for me too. I mean, I'm not that big on black coffee, but you really have to find a coffee you like. One thing I've realized is that that creamy coffee meets an emotional need in people that they might not even realize until they start giving it up. It's not just that they like the taste of cream or whatever it is, and they don't like the taste of black coffee. It is doing some sort of emotional something. And again, I know dairy can light up our brains in certain ways. It's got some chemicals in there. I mean, think about what dairy is. It's for a baby. I think it's doing a lot more than just, man, this creamy coffee tastes good. You're fighting against biology there, I think. Yes. And for me, like that wasn't too hard on me. I used to drink black coffee a long time ago. And then I started adding cream and stuff like that. And it was just a matter of trying to find a coffee that I like. I kind of been a coffee snob. And I really do like cold brews, just Mm -hmm. because that bitterness is not in there. But then like I learned this new trick. And I really don't think it was a new trick. I think it was something that I read a long time ago and then forgot about it is putting a pinch of salt in and black coffee. Yeah, some people love that. I do not. You don't like it? No, but the trick of putting a little sprinkle of salt in the coffee grounds before you brew it cuts the bitterness. I tried it and I was like, why does this coffee taste weird? I didn't like it. At that point was adjusted to the taste of coffee. I want to make a little quick shout out about cold brews. For anybody who's listening, you have to be super duper careful about bottled cold brew products because I just found out my hairdresser has been fasting for a year, which I knew, but she's been drinking a brand of cold brew that has fast breaker additives in it. Yeah, natural flavors. So if you're drinking bottled cold brew or bottled tea, read those ingredients list. The only thing you want to see in your coffee is coffee and water. The only thing you want to see in your tea is tea and water. Avoid natural flavors. There's one brand at Costco that has coffee extract. Avoid that one. And with bottled tea products, avoid any that have citric acid that adds a tangy flavor. You got to be careful. Like I've been driving in my car and stopping at a convenience store and looking at every single bottled coffee product that they have and not one of them is clean, fast, safe. Interesting. And I've noticed that going to like a coffee shop and I'm fasting. We were at a local coffee shop here in town and I went to take a sip, cold brew, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this just broke my fast. My husband's like, why do you say that? I'm like, it tastes too sweet. And it's like, did they brew it in sugar water? Because sometimes they'll do it in sugar water and make it sweeter. Making cold brew at home is not that hard. So easy. Yeah, Yeah. it's so easy. That's what I would recommend for everybody. Brew your own coffee and tea at home. Cold brew is so easy. Throw it in the refrigerator. It just brews itself, I think. I don't know. There's like You can Google it. And you can heat it up and have it hot if you want it. You don't have to drink it cold. So make your own and then you know what's in it. And it's cheaper. It is cheaper. Like I have a cold brewer and I just bought it at Target. And all you do is put your grounds in it and it floats in it for 12 hours minimum. And then you press the beans down to the bottom and there you go. And it costs pennies compared to what you're paying for the bottled product. Yep. And I also noticed I have to grind my own coffee also compared to buying it ground because then I can do the fineness and thickness of the grounds. And that makes a difference to how bitter it is. But I lost my taste and smell during COVID. And after that, coffee was something that I had issues with. 
I could not stand the taste. It tasted gross. So I had to go through tons of brands of coffees to find a brand that I could actually drink. And that was in 2021. Wow. So So are you all back to normal with your taste and smell? I think so. I mean, I don't drink Coke that often. I'm not a pop drinker. If I do drink it, it's like a sip here or there from someone else's can, like my husband's can. Coke tastes like soap. Stuff tasted just off. There's a ranch dressing. My family works at a local pizza place here in town and best ranch. They make it themselves really good. It tastes awful to me. I still can't eat it. It tastes weird. So it just never quite got back to normal. No. And so I think there's just certain things. And that was one of them that I just can't. But the coffee that I'm drinking now is from its City Brew brand. And that's something that I can actually tolerate. And and it tastes good. So, Well, that's important. You know, for anybody who thinks they don't like black coffee, it really could be as simple as changing your brand or grinding it yourself. And when you find one you like, it makes a lot of difference. I mean, I can pretty much drink black coffee anywhere now. But the one I make at home is much better than what I get when I'm out. So no question there. Yeah, especially if you're traveling and they have like the coffee in the room. Yeah. I usually find whatever the darkest roast. Apparently, I like a dark roast. It tastes better to me. So I'm like, whatever the darkest roast is, that's the one I'm going to get. And and I will like it better. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I feel like fasting has almost made me a snob for some things (laughs) like coffee, you know, and you don't want since you are eating one meal a day, you want to have good food. Yeah, it just is so much more important. The quality matters. It's got to be window worthy. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting? Or what do you wish you knew when you first started? I would say keep going. It's not something that comes easy for everyone. And start out slow. Build that fasting muscle. Start with skipping breakfast. Some people breakfast might be their one meal. But you know, do what is good for you. You know, if Lunch is a meal that's important to you eat lunch or breakfast or dinner, you know, start with that one meal, skip that one meal, and then go to the next once you build that fasting muscle It's not something that you can just jump right into. And it might be hard going that one extra hour. But you know, that growl, it doesn't mean that you need to eat. It is true. And when I first started, you know, my stomach would growl. And those waves come and go. And usually it's because I need water. Right. The stomach growling is the motion of an empty stomach. So we've been conditioned to think we should not ever have an empty stomach. Yes. I'm on a a fasting page and someone just posted they think of a growl as a monster eating their fat. (laughs) There you go. There you go. That's always good. Eat my fat, growly monster. Yeah. I mean, that's a good way of like thinking about it. Those growls does not necessarily mean that you're starving and you need, there's true hunger. And eventually, once you listen to your body, you will find what that true hunger is. Because I know when I'm hungry, really hungry, compared to when your stomach is just growling. And, you know, sometimes that growl can come at a bad time, like in the middle of church service. (laughs) 
I'm like, and my husband's looking over at me going, holy cow, my stomach's just, and it's like, I don't know. Time for a hymn. Yeah, yeah. It's like, (laughs) well, I guess my stomach is just growling today. I don't know what the deal is. I'm like, drink more water and it goes away. But, you know, don't quit just because your stomach is growling, you know. There's that true hunger and build that fasting muscle. Don't listen to, you need to eat three meals a day plus snacks. We know where that got us, right? Yeah. I mean, you do not need to be eating snacks to boost your metabolism. Fasting does that for you. Exactly. Well, Amy, thank you so much for sharing your story today. Yeah. You're welcome. I I was excited to be here today. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Enhance your listening experience with Wondry Plus. Enjoy ad-free listening, exclusive content, binges, and more. Join Wondry Plus in the Wondry app or on Apple Podcasts.